0: All right, we're going to, for a message this morning, um, start off in the book of Hebrews as well. I'd like this morning, and this is not a new thought to any of us, but I'd like this morning to think for a little bit about the types as they relate to the cities of refuge. I'd like to begin in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 17. Hebrews 6 and verse 17. And this is a familiar passage, but I'd like to notice the connection back to the Old Testament. Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us which hope we have as an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast and which entereth into that within the veil whether the forerunner is for us entered even Jesus made in high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek Now I'd like to focus especially on the thought in verse 18 where it says that we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hopes of it for us. I think that verse, that word picture there of fleeing for refuge is like we talked about in the Science lesson. all these word pictures, many of these word pictures point back to something in the Old Testament. And I believe that this is referring back to the cities of refuge and the whole principle that God gave to Israel In that time, it talks about us fleeing for refuge, but it's in the context of the uh, the cities of refuge. Now, the um, it is using these to show, in type form, the hope set before us in Christ and the grace that we can receive. We talked about that a little bit in the Sunday school lesson as well. Now, I'd like to go back to Numbers thirty-five. And notice the, uh, the premise for this. Numbers 35 and verses 9 to uh, verse 34. Numbers 35, actually I'm going to begin at verse 6. Uh, in the beginning of this chapter, he's talking about the, um, the cities that were given to the Levites. Then he introduces the thought here of the cities of refuge. Verse 6, And among the cities which ye shall give unto the Levites, there shall be six cities for refuge, which ye shall appoint for the manslayer, that he may flee thither. And to them ye shall add forty and two cities. So all the cities which ye shall give to the Levites shall be forty and eight cities. Them shall ye give with their suburbs. And the cities which ye shall give shall be the possession of the children of Israel, For them that have many, ye shall give many, and from them that have few, ye shall give few. Everyone shall give of his cities unto the Levites according to his inheritance, which he inheriteth. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye come over Jordan into the land of Canaan, then ye shall appoint you cities to be cities of refuge for you, that the slayer may flee thither, which killeth any person uh, at unawares. And they shall be unto you cities for refuge from the avenger, that the manslayer die not until he stand before the congregation in judgment. And of these cities ye shall give, six cities shall ye have for refuge. Ye shall give three cities on this side of Jordan, and three cities shall ye give in the land of Canaan, which shall be cities of refuge. These six cities shall be a refuge both for the children of Israel and for the stranger and for the sojourner among them, that every one that killeth any person unaware shall flee thither. And if he smite him with an instrument of iron, so that he die, he is a murderer. The murderer shall surely be put to death. And if he smite him with a throwing, with throwing a stone wherewith he may die, and he die, he is a murderer. The murderer shall surely be put to death. Or if he smite him with an hand weapon of wood, wherewith he may die, and he die, he is a murderer. The murderer shall surely be put to death. The revenger of blood himself shall slay the murderer when he meeteth him. He shall slay him. But if he thrust him thrust him of hatred, or hurl at him by lying by laying of weight that he die, or in enmity smite him with his hand that he die. He that smote him shall surely be put to death, for he is a murderer, and the revenger of blood shall slay the murderer when he meeteth him. But if he thrust him suddenly without enmity, or have cast upon him anything without laying of weight, or with any stone wherewith a man may die, seeing him not, and cast it upon him that he die, and was not his enemy, neither sought his harm, then the congregation shall judge. Between the slayer and the revenger of blood, According to these judgments. And the congregation shall deliver the slayer out of the hand of the revenger of blood, and the congregation shall restore him to the city of his refuge whither he fled, and he shall abide in it until the death of the high priest, which was anointed with the holy oil. But if the slayer shall at any time come without the border of the city or his refuge whither he was fled, The revenger of blood find him, and the revenger of blood find him without the borders of the city of his refuge, and the revenger of blood kill the slayer, he shall not be guilty of blood, because he should have remained in the city of his refuge until the death of the high priest, and after the death of the high priest the slayer shall return unto the land of his possession. So these things shall be for a statute of judgment unto you throughout your generations in all your dwellings. Whoso killeth in any killeth any person The murderer shall be put to death by the mouth of witnesses, but one witness shall not testify against any person to cause him to die. Moreover, he shall take no satisfaction for the life of a murderer. Ye shall take no satisfaction for the life of a murderer, which is guilty of death, but he shall be surely put to death. And ye shall take no satisfaction for him that is fled to the city of refuge, that he shall come again to dwell in the land until the death of the high priest." So ye shall not pollute the land wherein ye are. For blood it defodeth the land, and the land cannot be cleansed of the blood which is shed therein, but by the blood of him that shed it. Defile not therefore the land which ye shall inhabit. Inhabit wherein I dwell, for I the Lord dwell among the children of Israel. Now, this is just a side note before we go into the the other part of the into the message, but. You notice this principle in verse 33, and I think about this sometimes in the world today. You know, the shedding of innocent blood, you especially think thing of abortion. This principle that God gives in relation to blood. ye shall not pollute the land whereof ye are, for blood it defileth the land, and the land cannot be cleansed of the blood that is shed therein, but by the blood of him that shed it. In history, throughout history, God has always required... The, the consequence for the shedding of innocent blood you just think about that and what the uh, consequences are for the nation our nations I read recently of Canada's um, right up there among the nation with the highest rate of euthanasia and that's uh, at some point I believe the gods are going to require the Required that innocent blood. All right, thinking of the the whole idea of the cities of refuge, we notice here that it is given. This whole thing is mapped out for us, um, and how that God used the this as a way of determining who was guilty and who was not guilty. Now, I'd like to go to Joshua chapter twenty, uh, just to notice. We're not going to read these verses. I'd just like to point out to you the names of these six cities that God gave for a city of refuge. And we know that in the Old Testament, names were significant. They meant something, and it is true here as well. And again, it's um, a part of the types from the Old Testament to the New. But in chapter, uh, uh, in Joshua 20, actually I have the book of Judges here. Uh, Joshua 20 and verse 7. We have the names here of the cities of refuge. And verse 7 is Kadesh was appointed as a city of refuge. Now the name Kadesh means holy place. And so we could say this morning that Kadesh was a refuge for the unclean. It meant holy place. Also, we have the next one, the second one was Shechem. And Shechem means shoulder, and we could we could say it was it is a refuge for the weary. Uh, Hebron, and also in verse seven, and Hebron means fellowship, and so we could say that this city of refuge was for the homeless. Bezer means stronghold which would be a refuge for the helpless. Ramoth means exalted in verse 8, and that would be a refuge for the hopeless. And then we could say uh, Golan, the sixth one, there in verse 8 means separated, and that would be a refuge for the tempted. There's just some thoughts there as you think about the names of these six cities that were given and what it could mean in relation to us. You know, for us, we have that strong consolation who have fled for refuge, fled to the city of refuge. Now, I'd like to look at eight things that related to these cities of refuge for our encouragement this morning. They were appointed by God. This is back in, in Numbers again. Numbers, Numbers uh, chapter... Um, which one was that? Numbers, um, that reference, 35. Numbers 35, where we have God giving these cities a refuge. So it was appointed by God. We have this in verse 9. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, and so there was this uh, command by God. It was appointed by God. It was an act of mercy for God to set these cities apart for this purpose. Because otherwise, if you would have caused the death of someone, there was, no, there was no way to stop the revenge killing. And that's what God was saying. If someone did it innocently and caused an accident, caused someone to die, they were not really guilty of murder, and it should not have be that way. And so God, God instituted this as an act of mercy. Like in Acts 5, and verse 31, it talks about Jesus there. God exalted to be a prince and his savior. And these uh, six cities of refuge all point to Jesus Christ. And the names that we looked at all point to Christ as the one who is our refuge, our city of refuge. And like it says there in John 3, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And so we have that mercy of God received in the whole context of the city of refuge. Now, notice also now in verse 12, And um, and they shall be unto you cities for refuge from the avenger, that the manslayer die not, until he stand before the congregation in judgment. And so it was set apart for the manslayer. In other words, someone that caused death. For those who have caused the death of someone unawares, and we would say today, in relation to the the type that comes through to us, it is for someone who has sinned, but is seeking repentance from sin. And so the the manslayer, and the and the one who is uh, seeking to uh, to find that uh, uh, life or protection is the one who flees to the city of refuge, and we can say this morning that we think about sin, you know, and us fleeing to the city of refuge, it's not that it's just because of we may take someone's life. That's not, you know, not what we're talking about necessarily. But it's from the spiritual sense, sin is pursuing us. The devil is pursuing us. We are the one who is fleeing to the city of refuge. And this it can be in any kind of temptation that we face in life where sin is pursuing us. It can be in um, uh, because we have that sin nature. And there's a sense of guilt that we have. And so therefore, uh, the whole concept of sin is, is in pursuit. It's on our heels, as it were. And we are fleeing to that city of refuge. It may not be simple temptation. It may be discouragement. It may just be struggling with various uh, trials of life. But in those struggles of trials and temptations and discouragement, it's like the devil is chasing us. It's like sin is at our heels, and we need to flee to that city of refuge. So that, I believe, is the principle here. And so it is set apart uh, for the manslayers, set apart for the one who has sinned and is seeking protection in the grace of God. Now, we also notice, uh, we're just going to jump around a little bit here, but verse 11 then she appoint you cities to be cities of refuge for you, that the slayer may flee thither, which killeth any person at unawares. And they they are to, to flee. You notice that. Uh, to flee thither. And so it was to be entered in haste. Now just think with me, if you cause someone um, to die because of an accident, um. I'm not sure if I can think of a good illustration, but um, sometimes accidents happen. Sometimes vehicles run over people or, you know, I've had a niece that was run over and killed accidentally. And, and, and you think about that in the Old Testament economy or concept there. How fast would you be running to that city of refuge? If you knew the avenger was behind you, chasing you, the family of the person, I mean, you'd move pretty fast. And you think about that in relation to sin. The Bible says here, they were to move with haste. They were to flee and get to that city as fast as possible. And so it is today. In relation to the temptation of sin, the pressure of sin, the pursuit of sin upon our lives, we need to flee thither, as it were, as it says here in verse 11. There's great danger and delay. It is of utmost importance to find that refuge in the city of refuge. Death awaits all who delay. We will be overtaken by, the, by spiritual death if we fail to seek and find that refuge. So that, I think, is one of the principles here in relation to the cities of refuge. There's also protection against a certain avenger. We have that in verse uh, 12 again. They shall be unto you cities for re- uh, refuge from the avenger that the manslayer die not until you stand before the congregation in judgment. I think that here you see the, the spiritual principle of, uh, of that protection from the avenger. And because of that sin nature that we have, we know the devil plays on that, and he pursues us in that and tries to drag us into sin and to destroy us. He is that avenger, as it were. And, and we notice that the man, the person, had to stay within that protection from, uh, until the, the death of the high priest. And as long as he stayed within that city of refuge, he was protected. No one could harm him there. Uh, if he was innocent. And so with us, you think about you know, the, uh, the protection that we have in Christ. Jesus said that uh, no, no man is able to pluck us out of his hand or out of his father's hand. And so there is that, that protection, as it were, in that city of refuge in Christ. And without that, we will face most certain death if we leave this place. And, of course, our high priest has died for us. And so there's a sense in which you have the dual interpretation of fleeing to the city of refuge, and yet the fact is we're free because our high priest paid the price. So the avenger is ready. Sin pursues us. The devil pursues us. But we have that protection in temptation in Christ. He is our only hope and our only refuge. Also, it's interesting that um, God told Moses that you are to assign these uh, as, as it were in convenient places throughout Israel. There was to be three cities on the one side of Jordan, three on the other side, and so they were scattered throughout the, the nation so that it was convenient, as close as possible to everyone. And again, you see that picture coming through from the Old Testament into the new, you know, where Christ is available and is within easy reach. As Paul says there in Acts, he's not far from any one of us. You know, we can feel after him and and find him because he is close to us, within easy reach. What a blessing to know that in the times of stress and temptation and struggle, that Christ is always near, that there's a refuge there. And you with me at times have felt the pressures of temptation, the pressures of, of the unknown, the pressures of trial, and, and the struggle that can be, but to know that there's a refuge, there, that we don't need to stay in that uh, extreme point of temptation for long because we can turn to Christ. We can flee to that city of refuge and find that grace and mercy in time of need. And so what a blessing that is. Christ is very near to us at all times, and, and he, is, he is within reach. The same as the city cities of refuge, were there within reach of of Israel, we want to thank God for that. And the um, like the uh, psalmist said, "The eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms." Well, another thing that we notice here is that that it was open for all. And I find this especially interesting when you think about um, how so much of the uh, life of Israelites, especially in their worship. It was for an, a Jew or an Israelite only. You know, the, the Gentiles were excluded. But what is interesting here with the cities of refuge, it was for everyone. Um, notice verse, um, verse 15. These six cities shall be a refuge, both for the children of Israel and for the stranger and for the sojourner among them, that anyone that killeth any person unawares may, may flee thither. Again, a New Testament fulfillment in this Old Testament type, where in Jesus Christ, he came for all. He's a refuge for all. And as Gentiles here this morning, we can experience all the blessings of that in Christ. But here, in the, even in the Old Testament, this provision was for all of them. They all could have it. Um, Gentile, Jew-like, they had this provision of the city of refuge. And I think, these, again, it's just a glimpse of, um, of, of New Testament principle embedded in the Old Testament um, economy there as they uh, lived and worshipped and worked the way God wanted them to. So no one was refused. And you think about um, Hebrews tells us that Jesus is able to save to the uttermost them that come to God. And the cities of refuge would save to the uttermost as it were, a stranger, a sojourner alike. And he also says, By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. Enter in, yes, that's the sheepfold there, but you could say enter into the city of refuge and find salvation. If any man thirsts, Jesus said, let him come unto me. And so the great provision of Christ is there for everyone in the city of refuge. Another principle we notice here is, is for those who were sorry. Uh, verse sixteen, and if he smite him with an instrument of iron so that he die, uh, that's not the right one. Reverse probably. Um, he shall surely be put to death. And so, if it was intentional, of course, you know that was that was uh, that was murder, and that person who would die. But you drop down to verse 22 and verse 23, 24. In that section, there it's if it was accidental. And he caused it. So it's it's for those who were sorry and those who did it, as it were, by accident. Willful sin, we know, is a very serious thing. And another place in Hebrews, it, it talks about that. If we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. In other words, you're not under the grace of God. You're not going to find shelter in the city of refuge if we sin willfully. We're going to have to deal with that. So the city of refuge is for those who are sorry, those who come in accidental in accidental um, uh, killing, accidental sin, we could say, and, uh, and find that place. I think of the New Testament principle also in 1 John, where there it speaks that if any, uh, it talks about Christ being our propitiation, But he says, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And that is, if any man sin, that's not talking about willful sin as much as it's talking about if a man be overtaken in a fault. And so, you think about that aspect of refuge, when we find ourselves in difficulty and in sin, that we can find that forgiveness and the grace of God. And so, um, and so it is for those who, in a sense, were, were sorry. Christ's refuge is only for those who are truly sorry for their sin and are seeking mercy and grace from Christ. Now, I'd like to just look a little bit at the last one here. And that is in verse uh, 25. It's an abiding place. Uh, verse 25, the middle of that verse, And he shall abide in it until the death of the high priest, which was anointed, with the holy oil. The thought there, we already talked about the idea of the death of the high priest, and Christ is our eternal high priest. He died for us, but there is that eternal refuge, there is that eternal protection that we have. And so this morning, there's a sense in which we only need to abide till the death of the high priest, as in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, Christ is eternal. And the, um, the picture that John saw of Christ in Revelation there was that he was a lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. And so that was an ongoing experience in relation to the sacrifice of Christ. And so as our high priest is eternal, we can have that sure abiding place. And this, you know, types only go so far and then they break down if you stretch them too thin. But I like the idea of the security and the refuge that we have in Christ because we can stay in that city of refuge, as it were. That's a place where actually God wants us to live, that we are free from the pursuit of sin. And yes, we know that it is there. It is, always, it is around us, but we can find that security and that protection. Proverbs 14, 26, And the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, And his children shall find a place of refuge. And then also in Hebrews it talks about, Hebrews 12, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down on the right hand of the throne of God. So we run with patience or endurance that race. And again, I like to think about that. In my mind, I picture someone racing across the land, racing across the fields toward that city of refuge, running as fast as he can because he knows there's an an avenger back here somewhere chasing him. That's what God wants us to do in relation to our refuge in Christ. His children shall find a place of refuge. Run with endurance the race that is set before us. Psalm 62, 8. Trust in Him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us, Selah. You think about the times in which we live, all that is going on in the world and all that is happening, and I, I don't understand... Most of it, except I do believe we all want to say that we live in troubled times, uncertain times. And the question can be raised, you know, what about the future? What about all of this? And the devil is pursuing us with fear. But we have that place of refuge. God is a refuge for us. I'd like to go back now and just read some of the verses that we started with in Hebrews chapter 6. Verse 17, wherein God willing, God willing. Sometimes we say that as, you know, if God wills, God willing. Here it is saying from the standpoint that God was willing, God is willing, more abundantly. Now, what, I'm not sure what you think of when you think about that. It's trying to describe the ability of God to take care of his people. And he's willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, and he confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which entereth into that within the veil, whether the forerunner is for us entered even Jesus, made in high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Again, brothers and sisters, we have that city of refuge. We have that refuge in Christ. And we are called to flee to that, to find our consolation, to find that grace and mercy We fled for refuge to to lay hold upon that. May God help us in life, whatever challenges we face, that we might be faithful in clinging to that and fleeing to that and finding that refuge so that that avenger, the devil and sin that is pursuing us cannot catch us, but we're safe there with Christ. Let's kneel to pray. Thank you, Father, for the blessings you give to us. We thank you for Christ, our refuge. We thank you for all the principles that we see in the scriptures, not only in the Old Testament, but also into the New. And we know, Father, that there is, there is sin that pursues us. There is a devil that pursues us. But we thank you for that refuge that we can have and the security of being in your will, in your purposes. and to find your grace and mercy. Bless each of us today in our lives, but we with those who are not here, with the young people there at the camp, and be with them. May they be having an also spiritually blessed time together, and may each of us continue faithful as we go through the various paths of life, the challenges you bring into our lives, that we might continue to find your grace and mercy for each day. We ask in the name of Christ.